Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker. We're rewinding back to the beginning of the conversation with my twin, Jody O.C., talking about quitting the things in our lives that aren't serving us anymore or serving others. And you know what? I bet you could add to this list because every personality is different. So I would love to hear your feedback. Just visit PowerCoachGen.com and click on my face and you can send me a message. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just leave a comment below and tell me what are the things that you're going to quit because they no longer serve you or others. Now, just for reference, remember, Jody and I aren't really twins, but we do share a birthday, even down to the year. And we still have different personality profiles. For example, Jody is a type eight on the Enneagram. She's a manifesting generator and a five one profile. But I am a type 7 on the Enneagram, a generator, and a 6-2 profile. We have a lot of stuff in common, which is probably why we get along so well. But we're still our own individual people. Keep that in mind as you listen to our conversation. Let's go ahead and get started. Stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make. And... Have fun doing it. Your personality is your business. So let's get down to business. All I wrote down was I quit for season five opener. 
And it'd be a really good thing to kind of explore a little bit. I like it because there's just so many. It leaves it open, so, so open. My mind goes to there's substances, there's personality traits that no longer serve me, there's, yeah, all that sort of stuff, which is pretty cool. So in the morning times, I just have index cards and pieces of paper in my closet. So when I walk to my bathroom, mm. a little uh, blueprint knowledge might be necessary. My closet is a room mm-hmm. that uh, also holds my clothes, <laughs> but it has like a desk in there and um whole bunch of storage and that kind of stuff but I have to walk through my closet to get to my bathroom so some people think it's funny when I say like on my way to the bathroom I stopped in my closet I'm like wait what (laughs) but I keep little index cards and um, a piece of paper when I get ideas I just kind of throw them on there on a piece of paper and then try to decipher them later oh here it is things I'm quitting um I'm quitting working against my personality and I don't think that I am one of those. I mean, you tell me. Do I do, you, do I strike you as somebody that works against my personality? I think no. I think you embrace the gifts of it and you identify the blind spots within it. I wouldn't say you work against it. But my question is, if we are on a active path to integration, and dissolving some habits within our personality is part of that working against it. Like what default comes absolutely default natural to our core. Yeah, see, that's kind of the dilemma when it comes to personal growth is because a lot of times we have to unlearn some things and it feels like we're working against our personality when in truth we're just going through some growing pains. Mm. Or labor pains. It's like the necessary squeezing (laughs) that has to happen to push that baby out. And, you know, you get the reward at the end. And we all have the the mommy amnesia, I call it, that that tricks you into having more babies and going through the pain again. Because the more you you see the reward, it's like, oh, I love the newborn stage. I mean, some people aren't that way. But, like, I I am always fascinated by the newborn stage because it surprises me how small babies are even like the big babies they're still so small and um but anyway my point being is that we get the reward and we trick ourselves into doing it again but really it's an agreement like we agree with ourselves that we will go through these labor pains because the reward is worth it and i think that's how personal growth and self-awareness happens too. It's not the most fun thing in the world, but it's a necessary thing if you want that reward, that rebirth (laughs) um, on the other side to kind of go through the the struggle and the frustration and the yucky part that sometimes is self-awareness when you're realizing, oh, wait, I was not working with my personality, I recognize. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, what what you identify as the um, working against, to me, I define that as the rub, the rub against. Yeah. The sandpaper? It's, it's, it's actually a physical thing as an eight. For me, the most work I've done has been around knowing that eights like to have control mm-hmm. and I have actually had to work really hard to 
identify my blind spots around control, also check in and be really honest with myself when it's coming up in places I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting thing, with you're talking about the growing pains of it, like even in the last couple of weeks, I have been in incredibly high anxiety to the point where I'm anxious without even a thought being attached to it, like it's just a felt experience in my body. And I was chatting to someone the other day about it and they reflected back to me that every single area in my life right now is out of control Mm. or could be perceived as being out of control. So I'm having a very real physical experience to that perception. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, for type eights being body types, that's how, well, really all the body types, they experience through bodily sensations, physical sensations, and all of the types actually struggle with control. We just experience it differently. Our filters are different. Like for me, where I lose control is in, I don't mean for this to sound um, crazy, but like mental stability. So like the head types, it's not that, you know, we're crazy. It's just kind of easily overwhelmed because we're trying to separate ideas and concepts and they're getting all fuzzy and kind of, it's too gray. (laughs) Sometimes it can Mm -hmm. be too gray and Ironically, type sevens are the ones that are happy with the grace, like, okay, whatever, but still head types, not type nine in their heads, but sevens are still head types that like to separate those things. It just doesn't take as much to separate like it does for a type six or a type five. It's just a a very simple, you know, light switch is like, okay, that goes over here and that goes over here. Done. Um, And so it's a really quick process to separate things, but... Like I can totally relate, like every part of my life feels like it's crazy and it's all affecting the other. Mm. And um, I I can see we're a type eight experiencing that kind of same circumstances. But for you, it's a very physical experience. And for me, it's like I'll get a migraine. (laughs) My head will start hurting and I was like my brain hurts like I can't I can't mm-hmm. think those are kind kinds of things that head types will say whenever they're feeling like they're losing control yeah I do a quite a bit of mind effery um <laughs> and in a- analyzing things you say what you want that... to say <laughs> I can always bleep it out <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so there's been anxiety with no thought attached and there's been anxiety with mind degree, like massive, just over and over and over and over. I have identified that I am someone that likes to process on the outside of my head. I need to hear myself Mm -hmm. discuss the situation in order for it to go back in and process and make Mm -hmm. sense of. Um, I also like an audience while I do that. (laughs) I think because I like different perspectives and that sort of thing. But something else I identified the other day too, we drilled down into some recent behavior of mine and what we identified was that when I'm feeling vulnerable and I lose confidence in myself, I seek, I investigate. So I, that's when I go to other people, selected very carefully, 
who those other people are and get their side of things to not necessarily build an army like I'd expect some mates would do, like, come on, be on my side, but to validate my behavior and my thought process and my worth almost, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting because I know that that's the reason why I, I guess, say that I select these people very, very carefully because we're not ones to reach out Mm-mm. normally and ask for help, let alone validation in mm-hmm. who we are as people. So that's been very interesting. So I feel like um, because as as a type H, the things that I have quit, I have quit making vulnerability weak. Are you feeling a bit disappointed that you haven't finished that project yet? Are the kids' schedules impacting your business? Or are the demands of your business affecting your relationships at home? Maybe you need a magic formula for that work-life balance before your fire gets so dim or it completely burns out. I've been there. There was a point in my life where I was juggling two businesses and homeschooling and had personal health issues. There was barely time to even connect with myself, much less connect with my husband. When I was finally officially diagnosed with ADHD, I felt like that explained everything. I had a new perspective and started approaching things in a new way. So I created a guide containing 20 tips that I personally use, and they have worked for me for helping me stay on course with my goals. Now, you might not have ADHD, but I bet you can relate to having a million distractions during the day. So if you're ready to stop procrastinating or stop being hard on yourself for missing yet another deadline, self-imposed or not, go ahead and download the guide at powercoachgen.com. If you just find one tip from the list that helps you move forward today, you will be so glad you took the time to read it. Go to powercoachgen.com and download the guide right now. That's a huge step for a type eight. It's a huge step. Yes. That said, when I'm feeling very vulnerable, um, I will beat myself up afterwards a little if I've been vulnerable in the wrong situation, wrong situation or to the wrong people i love our air quotes this is a podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's it insert air quotes wrong air quotes wrong (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of interesting i was listening to an, an audiobook for the last week or so and today which is ironic because i came up with the i quit theme a while ago but today he quoted from Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow Rich. He said, winners never quit and quitters never win. And I'm like, that's not true. That is Mm -hmm. the lie that we tell ourselves. Because if you can find one example where quitting actually makes you win, then you can throw that 
quote out the window. <laughs> it's good for some personalities, I will say. Maybe some of the slower paced personalities who tend to quit before finishing. Um, and I'm not just talking Enneagram type. Sometimes it goes with some trauma also, or, or maybe a disorder like ADHD. <laughs> Sometimes <Okay. laughs> quitting is not a good idea, but you really have to measure it against, you know, what your strengths are, what your motivations are, and what your values are. Those are the three things that I kind mm. of like push the personality tripod, right? If you don't understand those three things about yourself, you could be continuing to, for lack of a better term, torture yourself by not quitting. By, uh, you know, sometimes quitting is the right thing to do. You yep. know, that begs the question like, so when do you know when it's right to quit? And this is probably easier for a body type. Um, but mm. the answer is true for everybody. doesn't matter if you're a head type or a heart type or a body type. You have to listen to your body. <laughs> you have to listen to the, the, your, your gut instinct and um, really go with that intuition so i i feel like intuition can be intellectual it can be emotional and it can also be that gut instinct as well but like really going with that intuition and how do we develop that intuition through practicing self-awareness meditation and really finding what our truth is and one of the things i wrote on my list of things i'm quitting was forcing my agenda or my little t truth um because my little T truth is not the capital T truth because my little T truth is influenced by blind spots. It's influenced by the things that I'm just not paying attention to, you know, just influenced by a whole lot of lack of knowledge, not just self-knowledge, but just lack of knowledge of where my experience was different than someone else's experience. And I'm not practicing empathy at that moment or compassion at that moment. And then I find myself forcing my agenda. And when we force agendas or force truth, it's hard. It's like, why do life and business the hard way? <laughs> so that's part of my, you know, my quitting. So basically, if, if things don't make me happy, if they're not meaningful, if I don't feel like they're making a difference, and if they're not building a relationship, that's been a big one this week. I'm, I'm like, you know what? Does it matter? who's right and who's wrong. My husband and I are, are kind of um, exploring a debate, <laughs> a conspiracy theory. And I was like, does it really matter like one way or the other? Because all that really matters is the relationship. So mm -hmm. if the, if the debate is designed to pit us against one another, instead of going, Oh, that's a really cool idea. That's a neat perspective. I've never thought of that. Then that's not fun for me. I would much rather hear an opposing side in that light of what an interesting perspective than mm -hmm. uh, who wins and who, who doesn't win the argument. Yeah. I totally agree. It's very, and, and I've just literally just written down, I am quitting needing to be right. <laughs> um, although, yeah, well, I feel that um, we get tied up in very egoic conversations and situations where yeah one of us does have to be right I have a seven partner and he 
loves being right. Like he's very well read. He's always got his head in an article or an investigative journal or whatever. And that sort of stuff doesn't light my fire. <laughs> like I'm interested when he shares some stuff, but a lot of our discussions are around me sharing my truth and him needing evidence of that. And I just know at my core and I don't need evidence and I don't actually need him to believe, you know, that it's his truth. I'm like, you've got your truth. I've got my truth. I'm happy with that. But there is a knowing around certain things. There's lots of things I know nothing about. And if I'm asked to give an opinion on something I don't know anything about, I'm very happy to say I don't know enough to form an opinion on that. He'll go, oh, I read an article about this the other day. And as soon as he says article, I'm like, <laughs> I roll. Because <laughs> I'm just like, why do you need an, an article to back up something that I just know? Because we're and, head types. Me type yeah. seven over here going, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I mean, I guess I will challenge the, uh, the needing to be right. I think I've been accused of wanting to be right. I'm totally okay with being wrong and I'm, I'm totally okay with making mistakes, but it's funny how other people perceive me as someone who doesn't. And I think it's because I'll analyze. I'm like, okay, so what is the truth here? I like to collect data and go, okay, this article or this video. So for me, it's a video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I saw this video <laughs> and I'm sure... Actually, you know, my husband's a type nine, so he doesn't roll his eyes, but. He rolls them on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I know he probably is. He's like, oh, now I'm going to have to watch this video. And, and I'm like, no, I can summarize it for you, what I learned from it. But we had this conversation today at lunch, actually. I said, when I'm watching a video, I am not judging the person's opinion mm -hmm. or I'm not trying to prove or disprove or argue with the person who's who's doing the video i'm trying to gather what they're saying <laughs> and try to fit it in this big picture in my mind of what what is going on here my world view <laughs> and it's it's the opposite of him he's like trying to like refute the person that she doesn't know what she's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's not true. That breaks the laws of physics. That, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, shh, I'm trying to listen. Shh, shh. Like, it's not that I don't like to debunk things because I like a good debate. But Man. when I'm in like data collection mode, I just need like a sounding board. I just need to talk it out and kind of hear myself, hear them and then mm. hear myself kind of talk it through as if it were true first, because I'm a type seven positive, as if it were true. And then come back behind it and poke holes at it. Because I am Lady Loophole. That's my nickname. I can find loopholes, but I have to get the lay of the land first. And so mm. I don't know if that's helpful, you know, with um, your guy. But definitely, like, that's, that's somewhere where me as a type 7 is misunderstood. Because I will ask questions where I'm, people will say, oh, you're so gullible. You know, that's fake. I said, maybe it is, but I'm trying to see, could it be true first i'm okay with it being fake but i want to see what i believe like i'm still kind of working out what i believe and where it fits in 
in my worldview, yep. keeping it separate. I haven't integrated it into my thought process or into my belief system yet. Just kind of looking at it individually. I wonder if type yeah. sevens are better at mindfulness because of that. I don't know. Not sure. I think it was Wayne Dwyer's quote um, or question, do you want to be right or happy? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's not necessarily being right or wrong or if it's a lack of support. True. That would be that self-pres type six. Yeah. Yeah, could be. We have had a few discussions around that too, around um, him giving me advice and I go away and continue to investigate. Someone else gives me the same advice. I bring that back to him and say, this person has, has given me this advice and if I seem to be taking the other person's same advice Mm -hmm. rather than, oh, honey, you were right. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Yeah, there's a, there's a pain point there. Yeah, that's a, that's a type seven's pain point around support, not necessarily being right, but just the, that kind of validation. Um, Because a a true type six would, would say, I told you so, but not in a snarky way. I felt that the validation was in me coming to him and saying, like basically saying this person gave me this advice without me having to say, and clearly it's the same as what you have said, mm-hmm. so thank you and you're right, but he didn't see it that way. Yeah, he needed me to say, oh, I spoke to such and such and they agreed with what you say. Yes. Yeah. At the beginning. Like, and say yeah. that at the beginning or, or, yeah. uh, uh, guess what? You'll be so happy about this. Like, even if you say yeah. that it, it changes the bias to expect something to be happy about. So if, if he, even if he started to feel resentful or, or whatever, it, he'd be like, oh no, I'm supposed to be happy about this. So let me push through, <laughs> let me push through this yeah. feeling to get to the happy part. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's interesting and good learning for me on how to frame up those kinds of conversations or sharings with him as well as how much I take for granted in him just getting getting me so that was a cool lesson yeah okay we'll stop there for now because even as I listen back on this conversation there is still so much more that I have to unpack So I really encourage you to really meditate on what you've listened to and think about what are the things that you would like to quit in your life that just isn't serving you anymore. Don't forget to send me a message at powercoachgen.com. Who knows? I might just feature you in a future episode. Next week, you'll hear the rest of the I Quit list as we continue this conversation. Meanwhile, keep unboxing yourself so you can unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.